Hey, how are you today? Thanks for listening to the Life Reclamation Society podcast. I'm Sherry Trentini, and I'm so happy to be here with you today because I've had some uh, an interesting uh, couple days in that uh, I have realized that I've been doing some things differently that I didn't necessarily set out to do. And I've been looking at things a little bit differently that I didn't necessarily set out to do. But I wanted to share with you uh, some of what's going on and see if maybe you've had this experience or if this is something that maybe you could bring into your own life if it, if it serves you. About a year ago, just over a year ago, I finally conceded to having a dog. Now, my two teenagers have been hounding me, and yes, the pun was intended, uh, to get a pug puppy because that is something that they've wanted for a very long time. So in the interim, I would, each Christmas, I'd make sure and, and get them gifts with, you know, pug pajamas or pug this or pug that in order to uh, de defer or <laughs> deter them from wanting an actual puppy. And what I learned about that is that I needed to, in order to make peace with the idea of having a puppy, I've never had a puppy before, um, I needed to be the one to change my mind, right? The girls had done their job of trying to convince me about doing or, you know, getting the puppy and how cute it would be and how much fun it would be and all that kind of good stuff. I, of course, as a mom, immediately went to the fact that, well, you know, we have to potty train it. It's going to like eat stuff. And, you know, I like my furniture and, you know, yeah, it's cute, but oh my gosh, all the work. And everybody talks about getting a puppy as being similar to having a newborn. And well, been there, done that. Not interested in having a newborn in the house again. So, and aside from the fact that I'm, uh, have seen to have developed a uh, pet allergy, uh, a real one, not just because I didn't want to have a dog. So what I had to do is really look at it from their perspective. You know, what, what, how would having a puppy or a dog bring value into our household? How would it add value into our lifestyle? And how does having a dog change? change. Now I know that's very practical and that's very analytical and I'm, you know, trying to uh, let go of the idea of, you know, the cuteness and the fun and, you know, play catch and go for walks and all those types of things. I really needed to look at it from a place of, you know, how does it add value? Does it take away value? Like what, what, what's happening? How, if we're bringing something into the house, I need to have this sort of feeling that it's uh, going to be an intrinsic part of the house that, that everybody's going to participate and that it uh, it'll add to our overall sense of well-being and we'll figure out all the logistics of body training and walks and all the rest of it. So my allergy was my biggest deterrent because anybody who suffers from seasonal allergies and or pet allergies knows that it's not a lot of fun to be walking around uh, sounding like you're talking in a scuba mask all the time because of the runny nose or the stuffy nose or the sneezing and the coughing and so on and so forth. So I did my part and I thought I would seek out some uh, help for my allergies overall, you know, Focus, not focusing specifically on the dog, but to help alleviate some of my 
sensitivity to different seasonal things or pollens and different stuff, but also to the dog. And that was, you know, of course, a big value add. I had been enduring and tolerating the difficulties that seasonal allergies bring for the, forever. You know, I would take my over-the-counter uh, antihistamine and go from there and just sort of push through the different cycles that our seasons uh, bring and uh, cope, you know, you know, not thriving, but just coping and still going about my everyday business. So that was the first step because I thought, well, I would see how that would be effective and how I would feel in order to, you know, again, sort of introduce an, a known allergen into my house. Then I started doing my own research. I started looking at, you know, what do you have to do with a dog, uh, with a pug, especially if there's anything unique because they are a unique breed? Um, what are some of the things that we'll have to change or bring into our house? So, you know, I did my practical research as to the cost of uh, not only the dog itself, but the cost of bringing all the stuff in. And of course, you know, not factoring in all those accessories of the, the squeaky toys and the fluffy toys and the treats and, you know, all the, all the regular stuff. So I surprised uh, my girls uh, and my family by keeping an eye on different sites online about availability for pugs. And so I told them, I premised this, that we were just going to look and just going to, you know, get some information. And of course, in the back of my mind, I knew we were coming home with a pug. There was no question about that. However, <laughs> I don't know. I was hoping that we would get there and we would see these little puppies and then decide, mm, no, we can't, uh, we can't take on the cute. Uh, it's too much, too much for us. However, of course, even when I think back to the day when we walked into the, uh, the home of the puppies while you know, there was so many oohs and ahs and, you know, I got caught up in it too. And sure enough, there we are at the bank machine taking out the money to, to go back and uh, collect the pug of choice to bring home. And here we are, you know, just over a year. And uh, of course, now I can't even imagine our household without our puppy. And uh, I can't imagine not having, um, you know, the cute factor and the automatic, um, you know, sort of love and attention that you get when you walk in the door and, you know, all of those types of things. Now it's become normal and it became normal fairly quickly. Everybody has participated in this process. And of course the dog adopted me as the main caregiver. So I've, you know, created my own bond and uh, quite enjoy. So that really set off that, that big, that was a huge, huge, huge uh, mindset shift because I was vehemently opposed to getting a dog, no interest in taking care, picking up, you know, and uh, I wanted to, save my footwear and save my furniture. However, you know, in these 14 months that we've be become uh, a furry baby family, um, I, I also let go of that too, you know, let go of my uh, desire to have a fantastically clean floor <laughs> with all of 
the hair that our lovely pug deposits on a daily basis and uh, never wearing black without having one of those sticky roller things to get the, the hair off. However, you know, that being said, um, it really gave me an opportunity to also apply that same sort of mindset shift, you know, sort of when you're, when you have a, a clear stance of where you are and all of a sudden you decide to turn that around and just see things from a different perspective. And sometimes uh, we, we're challenged to do that because we're so comfortable in where we are and how we feel about a certain thing. And, you know, we have the, the a backup or the evidence or the, the data that supports our wanting to feel and be in this uh, particular mindset or this particular uh, opinion. And so a couple months ago, I uh, wrote a blog on my, on my um, website uh, about giving yourself an A plus, right? So I, it's been a long time since I've been in a graded uh, environment where I have received, you know, A, B, C's or D's. And I realize that, you know, to a certain extent, letter grades are not as common as they once were, especially back in my day. However, it, the, the, the blog post was based on a book that I'd read called The Art of Possibility by the Zanders. And that was one of the most compelling uh, portions of the book that really did a, a big shift for me after I read that. And I even went through it a couple times. Basically, what uh, the gist of it is, is that uh, Benjamin Zander, he is a conductor, an orchestra conductor, and he uh, was teaching at the university level. And what he would do is he would have his students start the year with a blank piece of paper, day one, first, you know, first class, and he would ask them to write themselves a letter um, explaining, uh, writing a letter to themselves explaining uh, what it felt like to get an A in his class, right? So as I said in my blog post, we might have preconceived notions as to what an A student does and who an A student is. You know, we might have preconceived ideas as to how they spend their time, you know, what their, what, what their um, motivation is, uh, how, what their work ethic is, all the things that they might do, but also how they have to be in order to maintain that A. So on the first day of the class, you know, everybody starts at, a, at uh, the same, you know, ground level. But if he is already gifting every student in the class an A, now it's their responsibility to maintain that, to do the work necessary in order to do that. So, and what a difference that would, uh, you know, my perception would be to be teaching a class where you have an entire classroom full of A students. How would that have been different for Mr. Zander or other teachers who take this as a, you know, way to start the year and work throughout the year? There might be a lot different to already have given an A to each of those students and how he shows up and how he teaches and what his intention is and how, what his expectations are. So it works both ways. Also, from the student standpoint too, if there are A students, then they also hold the teacher in a level of regard because he is cultivating and nurturing and bringing that A out of the students themselves. So 
it's a really great sort of energy to to be in that classroom i would i would assume because everybody is coming from a different place everybody's showing up as an a student he's showing up as a teacher who's giving all of his class an a so i asked myself the question and posed it in the blog too as to what would it be like to give yourself an a in something that maybe if you were to you know give yourself a report card and some of the things that are happening in your life or how things are feeling in your life would you give yourself an a you know maybe there's some d's maybe there's a c maybe a couple b pluses but if there's a port a, a, a part of your life where you want to excel or you want to you know feel more engaged or feel like you're winning sometimes if we use that quantifiable scale of giving ourselves an a we might want to we might be inspired to up level our game a little bit now that i think in itself you know is is a great way to start how could you give yourself an a today you know where where if at the end of the day you would give yourself a report card uh, you know, how would you grade yourself on how you showed up, you know, how, what you, what you accomplished or how you felt about the things that you accomplished. Um, and it's not, it's not a matter of creating a, a big long list so that you can give yourself, you know, 20 A's as you check off your to-do list, but more of how you're showing up in your life. How are you showing up at your job? How are you showing up as a spouse or a partner? How are you showing up as a parent? How are you showing up as a, a a child as, a, as somebody's child how are you showing up in your community with everybody that you are interacting with in the course of the day so that might be an interesting game changer mind shift changer might open up some possibilities about where you could a give yourself some more credit and b how you can maybe up level and show up a little bit differently now I mentioned about child and um, you know if you're a parent sometimes uh, it's possible that our kids can be showing up uh, bringing their a game right that they are engaged they're doing their thing they if they were to give themselves a report card uh, self-assessment they might be giving themselves an a whereas as the parent we have different you know, criteria, we have more criteria. And so we might not be as generous, or we could possibly be given handing out A's like you know, candy at Halloween, and maybe that's not allowing the child or the, you know, your kid to you know, up-level their game, that we're making it too easy, it's an easy A. So one of the things that I've also um, been playing with is I know that I've been marking a little hard. And that can happen sometimes when you have teenagers that, you know, we're at different levels. We've got, uh, as I said, different intentions. We're giving attention to different things and therefore our, you know, the bell curve may, may, uh, may be a little bit hmm, imbalanced when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, uh, giving our, our, our daughter or our son the, the ability to grow and come into that A level. So one of the mind shifts that I've also done is, I don't know, it's pretty quick for me to judge and that, you know, my, they might be giving themselves an A, but I might be in the C plus or B minus area. 
but what about the criteria about how I'm showing up, right? How am I showing up as that parent? Am I bringing my A game or am I just calling it in? Am I thinking this is basket weaving 101 or how am I helping to, to nurture? How, how am I helping to create the space in order for them to own that A, be that A and infuse their lives with that sort of A game or A grade? So what I noticed when I did some observation, I stepped out of my judgment judgment role and decided to sit back and, and observe some of the criteria that I've been using. And when you're starting, you know, fresh in a class, you know, every, as I said, everybody's starting at the, the same level, but when you have history and you have historical data, you might make some assumptions and that assumption, those assumptions might weigh and sway you to be a little more less forgiving and that right there is, I think, one of the biggest speed bumps that we might put in our own way and in others' way for receiving an A grade. That idea of <coughs> starting fresh, excuse me, starting fresh and allowing for a new, uh, a new set of criteria or a fresh set of criteria as well, rather than using some of that old stuff that's happened in the past in order to, you know, impact how we are observing what is happening in this moment. And we can get caught up in that. We can do that on ourselves. We can do that on other people and not just kids, you know, people we work with or our bosses or our, the community at large that we deal with. You know, we have uh, a, set opinion about how things are going to be, you know, how, you know, what the experience is going to be, uh, what our expectations are, and sometimes that doesn't allow for any movement, that doesn't allow for any change, or we don't recognize when, you know, something has happened that is at a greater level or is up-leveled or is more uplifting than maybe what we have in the past. So, what I am uh, offering or inviting you to, to do is, you know, take a, take a page out of my playbook and the moment that you feel that you're in judger mode, take a pause, take a couple deep breaths and sort of sit back, sit back in your chair and give yourself a moment to sort of let go of, you know, the gavel and judging on yourself or other people or you know any number of things and how can we observe how can we turn things around and look at things a little differently and a little more broadly and see what uh, and you know sort of clear our eyes and see what it is that we're not seeing or what we have you know sort of blinded ourselves to because we are focusing our attention on being a heightened awareness on seeing things that we don't like or that are not indicative of uh, an A grade. So how is it possible that there are times that you could maybe forgive yourself for judging yourself and others perhaps a little harshly and take a couple breaths and sort of start with a fresh page and see how you could observe the things that you have not noticed, how you could possibly see things differently, and what effect that would have on your overall quantification about how things are going in your life.
I'm Sherry Trentini. This is the Life Reclamation Society podcast, and I'm so grateful that you've listened and or watched, and I will see you here next time. If you have any questions, pop over to my website, send me an email, or catch me on Facebook on my Facebook page of Sherry Trentini Creating Space. I'd love to connect and, and hear how things are going, or maybe I can even offer you a you know, a little tweak on how you can broaden your perspective and, you know, see things differently and be a bit more forgiving about uh, the criteria that you're using to quantify or grade yourself and others in your life. Thanks. And until next time.